Before that, let's begin in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor and glory. Lord, uh, as, as we begin to talk and as we begin to discuss, we ask that you may give us the grace sufficient uh, to handle this subject. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so um, you are at liberty to use the, the in-core messages. You are at liberty to use that particular platform uh, to actually respond to points that are of a blessing to you. Uh, so we can use that and uh, we can discuss from there. Okay, so we are looking at um, we are looking at consecration. Okay, we are looking at consecration. Now there are many there are many um, aspects to these particular subjects, and also there are many questions around the issue to deal with consecration. Okay, now uh, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to read a verse in Leviticus. Okay, I'm going to read a verse in Leviticus as I begin to discuss the subject of consecration. Uh, but before I read that particular verse in Leviticus, uh, I, I want to give you more of an overview of the book of Leviticus. Okay, so if you really want to understand consecration, now we won't really do the book of Le Leviticus, uh, you know, as an in-depth study because I don't think I would have enough time to handle that. Okay, but if you really, really want to understand Leviticus, I would suggest you, uh, I mean, if you really want to understand consecration, I would suggest you read the book of Leviticus. Leviticus actually means about the Levites, okay? So these were God's priests. So it, it has all those details about God's uh, priests. So Leviticus, you know, has many rules on how the priests should do their work, how they should conduct their service, how they should prepare sacrifices, how they should handle everyday problems, and how they should, you know, uh, consecrate themselves, separate themselves. So now... Uh, it was a requirement for the priests to consecrate themselves. And the reason for which they were given a requirement to consecrate themselves is found in um, Leviticus chapter number... Um, no, no, no. Exodus chapter number 29. Let's, let's back it up first. Okay. Exodus 29 shows you the reason for which... Uh, people were to consecrate themselves. Now, I'll go into the definitions of consecration. I don't want to assume everyone understands what cons what's, what consecration is. But uh, Exodus 29, okay, Exodus chapter number 29, okay, uh, it's talking about the consecration of the priests, verses number one. It says, this is what you are to do. So they are now being given a pattern of how it will be done. This is what you are to do to consecrate them so they may serve me as priests. So it's talking about people that were coming into the priesthood. So it's now saying, this is what you may do to consecrate them. So that what? So that they may serve me. So the purpose of consecration is so that you can be prepared for service. Consecration is to be separated, okay? When you are being consecrated, you are being separated for the work of ministry. So any man that God wants to use, he will consecrate them. He will separate them. He will place an anointing, an anointing upon their heads. Okay? And that anointing is very, very holy. We read in Leviticus chapter number 8 and verses number 33, somewhere all the way up until 35, and I'll go there. 
Okay, how that the anointing that Aaron and his sons were to receive, the consecration that they were to receive was so special. Okay, that anointing was so holy that Aaron and his priests would receive that it was said that when that anointing was going to be placed on them, okay, they were not even to leave a particular tent for seven days. Okay, they were not even to cry if they lost someone. That was how serious that anointing was. Let's read Leviticus chapter number eight. Okay, let me give context. Leviticus 8.33. Okay, so this is the, uh, the, the, the consecration process by this time had already started. Now they're being given directives of things that they're supposed to do. It says, do not leave the entrance of the tent of meeting for seven days. Until the days of your ordination are completed, for your ordination will last seven days. Okay, what has been done today, this is the consecration, was commanded by the Lord to make atonement for you. You must stay at the entrance of the tent of meeting uh, day and night for seven days and do what the Lord requires so that you will not die. In fact, if they left the tent, they would actually die. It was so serious that the anointing that was resting on them meant that they was to stay at the entrance of the tent for seven days and they were not to move from there. If they moved, they would actually die, okay? That is how serious that anointing that was resting on them was. That is how serious that consecration was. So God will consecrate men to the degree that he wants to use them. When you notice that God is beginning to give you consecrations, it's a sign that God wants to use you for the ministry, okay? Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew 16, praise the name of the Lord, hallelujah. I hope you like Bible. You know, sometimes believers don't like Bible so much. They love stories. They are waiting for you to say, you know, when I was traveling to this place, you know, when I was ministering to this place, that is when they start responding. But when you're reading Bible, they don't want it. They don't like Bible. Okay, Matthew 16, verses 13. Matthew 16, 13, it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, what do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, Simon Peter answered, okay, uh, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Let us read the book of Acts, the book of Acts, locally Bible study and people don't like Bible study. Apparently, for some reason. Acts chapter number Acts chapter number three. <laughs> For those of you that hate Bible, don't don't. <laughs> ah, praise God! If you are running away from your devotion um, today, you have found it again here. So it's a sign God is saying, go back to your devotion. Acts chapter number three. Okay, let's do Acts chapter number three. Then I begin to explain and land this plane. Okay, Acts chapter number three. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried on the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was uh, put every day to beg uh, from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as he did. Then Peter said, look at us. 
Uh, so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Okay, interesting portion of scripture. Matthew 13 gives us narrative of how Jesus catches a revelation, I mean, Peter catches a, a revelation of who Jesus was. Okay, when he catches a revelation of who Jesus was, Jesus now says, on this very rock, okay, on this revelation of who I am, I will build my church. So the church started, the church's inception started on the revelation of who Jesus was. And he now gave them authority to bind and to loose, etc., etc. But the establishment of the church was on the premise that Peter caught a revelation of who Jesus was. Okay? And then we now read uh, in Acts chapter number 3 and verses number 6, Peter are moving, is moving at the gate called Beautiful. He meets this beggar uh, who, who was lame from birth and then Peter says, well, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. Rise up and walk. Okay, we are still dealing with the subject of consecration. Rise up and walk. And the gentleman begins to walk. Now, ministry is very, very important for us to understand that ministry is us apprehending things in God and then delivering them in time. Okay, when we say we are doing ministry, what we mean is that we apprehend things in time in, in in god rather and we deliver them in time okay you cannot give out what you have not apprehended in the spirit that is no that is that is why it's not such as i speak it is such as i have i give unto you we all do speaking but we only deliver that which we have caught in god that is why the secret place becomes very, very cardinal. The secret place becomes very, very important because men speak, everyone speaks, okay? But then when we are delivering what we are calling ministry, we are delivering what we are calling ministry on the premise that we have apprehended something in God and we are therefore delivering it in time. No man can deliver to a generation what they have not apprehended in God, okay? That is why I always tell people that the disciples were not called Jesusians. They were called Christians, okay? Have you ever asked yourself the question why the disciples were not called Jesusians, but they were called Christians? They were called Christians simple because Jesus was the natural side, okay, of, the, of, 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 of our Lord. Jesus was his natural side. Christ was his supernatural side, the anointed one, okay? The anointed one of Israel, that was Christ, the Messiah. So they are now being called Christians because they had caught his supernatural DNA and they could deliver it in time. And so when Peter meets a man at the gate called Beautiful, he can say, such as I have, I give unto you. What did he catch? He caught the anointed side of Jesus, the supernatural side of Jesus. He did didn't catch the natural side of Jesus. If they were called Jesusians, it would have meant that Peter may have looked like Jesus. You know, it may have meant that Peter had, you know, a face that was like Jesus, but that was not the case. What they caught was the supernatural side, the Christ-like side, and they could deliver it 
to a generation such as I have, I give unto you. So ministry is when you begin to catch things in God and you begin to deliver them to your generation. You are not ready for ministry until you have caught something in God. That is why in Luke 24, 49, the charge that Jesus is giving the disciples or the apostles that were to carry out the mandate is tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And when you are endued with power, then you can go out. Okay, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. So it was when they were endued with power that they were ready to speak about the Messiah. They had the best news about him, I always say it. They had the best news about him. They saw him walk on water. They saw him ascend to heaven. They saw him raise the dead. However, they are being told you are still not ready for ministry until there is something that has been deposited on you. There is something that you have apprehended from heaven that you can deliver to your generation in time okay so it's very very important for us to actually understand that particular context so now we see that in leviticus every person that god was going to use we see from the old testament everyone that god used he anointed everyone that god used he separated Okay, when you see a man being used by God, when you see a man walking with God in a certain way, they live a consecrated life. Why? Because consecration is for those that God wants to use. Consecrate them, okay? Consecrate them so that they may serve. Separate yourself because I am about to do a great work. So every time God wants to use a man in a mighty way, every time God wants to use someone in a mighty way, he separates them. He, he separates them. He consecrates them so that they can be given to ministry and they can be given to service. So every man in the Bible that had something to deliver in time apprehended something in the spirit. Noah got the blueprints of the ark in the spirit. Moses got the Ten Commandments in the spirit. Solomon got the plans of the temple in the spirit. Okay, First Chronicles 28, 11. So every man that delivered something to their generation caught something in the spirit. You are the only one that wants to go and minister without catching something in the spirit. These men would catch something in the spirit and then they would deliver it to their generation. You have no business with ministry if you have not caught something for your generation because you need to apprehend something in the spirit that you can deliver in your generation. So when the priests are being separated. Aaron and his sons are being consecrated for me, are, are being separated for ministry. They were given to consecration because anyone that God is about to give an assignment, he will consecrate. He will prepare. So it's very important for us to understand that when men are entrusted with certain dimensions in God, he gives them consecrations to guard and to sustain those dimensions. So every time God is giving something to someone, every time God is entrusting people with something, he gives them consecrations to sustain and to safeguard that which he is giving. So you will discover that when God is giving something to someone, he will place a consecration on that particular individual. The moment you say, Lord, I want the healing anointing, God will give you consecration for the healing anointing. A man with no consecrations has nothing entrusted in his care or is on his way to lose what, what, what was entrusted in him. I always say this, when you have no consecrations, okay, you are on your way to losing what you have 
or you have nothing. When you see a person with no consecrations, note that that's a person with nothing. They tell you, me, me, it's just, I just do life anyhow, gender anyhow. That one has nothing entrusted in them or is on their way to lose what they have been given. That is why you will notice there is such a high emphasis on consecration on any man that God wants to use. If you, dis- if you check something about the anointing, you will, check, uh, you will discover that the anointing is actually lost faster to carelessness than it is to sin. I was teaching the people I, I, I lead, I, I mentor in ministry, and I was telling them this, that you will discover something that you... The anointing is lost quicker to carelessness than it is to sin. That is why you find Samson uh, Samson could you know, spend time with Delilah the entire night. The next morning it says, and then the hand of the Lord came upon him. And when the hand of the Lord came upon him, he was still working mighty, mighty works. Okay, when the hand of the Lord came upon him. But he, when he became careless with the things that God had given him. Now, this is not to propagate that you should live sinful lifestyle because, you know, living in sin does not take away the anointing faster than carelessness. No, 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 no. It's just to tell you that carelessness is the quickest way to lose the anointing that has been placed on your head. And let me say something about the anointing that I told the people I was talking to, those that I mentor in ministry. One of the things is that the anointing by default dissipates, even without living in sin. Let me tell you something. Even without living in sin, the anointing is constantly dissipating. The anointing is constantly dissipating. The anointing is constantly dissipating. That's the nature of the anointing. You can pray for one week. Sometimes I'll pray for one week in preparation for a meeting. I'll spend a week praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying, preparing for a meeting. And I'll be preparing for that meeting. And when I when I'm done with my preparation, the anointing will rest on me very strongly. After ministry, you will discover that that anointing will begin to dissipate naturally. Okay, and even before, even while it's ministering to people, that anointing is dissipating. By the time it's three days, that anointing that I had would have dissipated over my life. It will lose its strength. So I need to go back again to trap that anointing or to intensify the strength of that anointing. That is why many of you are feeling like, ah, pastor, I feel like I'm now living in sin. You know, I sensed an anointing last week. Now I can't sense it anymore. Yes, that's the nature of the anointing. The anointing dissipates. So those who are careless cannot sustain or maintain a heavy anointing because they are careless people. Okay. They are careless people asking for a neighbor. What is dissipating? It, 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 uh, it's like living. Okay. Something dissipating you. It's living. It's leaving you, leaving you. Ichoka, it's flowing out. <laughs> Let me say it in Yanja. Maybe you understand it, okay? I hope your neighbor understands it, okay? So the anointing will be leaving your life. It will be dissipating from your life. It will be leaving. So the anointing is constantly leaving your life. If it's, it's ne- even if you're not living in sin, many people feel when I live in sin, that's when the anointing will dissipate. No, 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 no. Okay, and by the way, let me explain this now. I feel the need to explain this. There is a difference between the capacity of anointing you have and the capacity in manifestation. Okay, so the capacity, the, the, the anointing I'm talking about that dissipates is not the anointing in capacity that you have, but the anointing in manifestation that is in view. Okay, I need to explain that. It looks like Leloyama Bible studying. I'm trying to rush so that I can get to the juicy part, but then it looks like uh, today is for take time, explain to people. Now, what I mean is this, 
the anointing that you have in capacity let me use electricity to explain this for example um if what you have as anointing in capacity is 25 volts okay so god has given you an anointing and that anointing is 25 volts okay that's 25 volts of the anointing okay now that's 25 that is available for you but when the anointing begins to come over your head you will notice that you if you prepared yourself well for that anointing 25 volts can rest over your head but as you begin to minister as you begin to minister you will realize that the 25 volts will begin to reduce it doesn't mean that the capacity you have has gone away Okay, the capacity you have is still there, but when it comes into manifestation, okay, you are now working that 25 volts. Make sense? It's like I have 50,000 kwacha in the bank, but when I withdraw that 50,000 kwacha, I am now using the capacity that is in the account. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so if I'm not using it, that capacity is still there but it cannot bless many people's lives because I have not withdrawn it. But when I withdraw that 10,000 kwacha, it only takes a matter of time, that 10,000 kwacha will begin to reduce. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? So that is what the anointing is like. So when I'm talking about the anointing dissipating, I'm not saying that the anointing has left your vessel or has left your life. I mean the anointing is already there. But when it comes on you heavily to bless people, where when it because for, for example, when I begin when I'm home, I'm relaxing, the, the 25 volts is still there. When I am sleeping, the 25 volts is still there. When I am laying down, it's still there. When I am bathing, it's still there. When I'm eating, it's still there. But to get it into manifestation is different protocols. So when it now comes into manifestation, that 25 volts, and now I can make a declaration and people fall off under the power of God. People get healed. People get delivered. People get blessed. After that 25 volts is in manifestation, it will begin to dissipate, okay? Like Diana is now asking for the neighbor again. It will begin to reduce. Not that I have sinned. Just by virtue of it coming on me, it will start reducing. So if I want to trap that 25 volts and bring it into manifestation again, I have to go back to the secret place, spend a lot of time praying, spend a lot of time fasting, spend a lot of time praying and seeking the Lord, and then it will come in manifestation again. I can bless people's lives. Then after some time, it will start dissipating again. Not that I am living in sin, just by virtue of the fact that that's the nature of the anointing. Okay, that's the nature of the anointing. It will dissipate. So many people will say, but ah, I've noticed the strength of the anointing has reduced. Yes, it dissipates with time. So to safeguard that anointing, you have to live a life that is in consecration. That is why I said in the beginning that careless living is worse. Okay, maybe not worse, but careless, careless living is 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 something that takes away the anointing quicker than sin itself. You know, someone can sin and they can keep flowing. You know, someone can sin and they, keep, they, they can keep flowing. But you will realize that when you start to live carelessly, you can't carry the anointing. You know, many people are so careless. They sleep anyhow. 
they eat anyhow, they do things anyhow, careless living. You know, one of the things the Holy Spirit started telling me, he said, if you want to live an anointed life, don't be a careless believer. You know, people are so careless. Every chill, they are there. Every, 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 every party, they are there. Okay, every food that comes their way, they are eating it. You know, even when you don't want to sleep, you, you want to force yourself to sleep. Aren't you tired of sleeping? Careless living is what is choking many anointed men and women of God. Okay, so it's very, very important. So ministry effectiveness begins when a man understands and applies the consecrations assigned to the dimension that he carries. You can't be effective in ministry until you understand your consecration. Okay, you can't be effective in ministry until you understand your consecration. So every manifestation has got a consecration. Every manifestation has a consecration. Okay, I'm trying to explain this to you. Every manifestation has got a consecration. Now, let me give you some examples uh, that I was giving over the weekend. Let me give you some examples. Okay, so for example, uh, if you are, if you say your your ministry is the teaching ministry. Take, for example, you say, for me, my ministry is teaching, okay? I, I, I really want to, to move in the teaching ministry. If what you want to move into is the teaching ministry, your consecration should be study, okay? Your consecration should be study of the word of God, reading intensely, Okay? Reading intensely because the consecration that I have noticed that backs up teachers, that backs up good orators, okay, is an intense study. Heavy studying, okay, is cardinal to flowing in the teaching ministry as a consecration. So if you want to, for example, I, 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 if, if, you, if you are in a place, maybe let's take, for example, um, you are... How do I put this? For example, you are in a place where have you ever felt like you really want to explain something, but you feel you are being limited. You feel like there is, you know, you want to talk or explain things the way maybe someone you are inspired by talks. It's, it seems like when this person you are inspired by is talking, they just begin to flow like a tap. They are just talking and words are just coming out. There is just this fluency in their speech. There's just this fluency. But it seems when you talk, there is a disfluency. Okay, you feel limited in your in your head. You can imagine how you are sounding and how you are speaking. But when you talk, it's not coming, even though you feel like there is a charge on your lips that should allow you to continually keep speaking in a fluent tone. But then you realize that there is a limitation. <laughs> Have you ever felt like that? You feel it's like, um, OK, let me not go that route. I may chase many rabbits, but then it's like you feel there is utterance coming on your tongue, but then you feel the utterance is not cooperating with the words that you are speaking. OK, it's not cooperating with that. So now the consecration that backs up people that are fluent in teaching, people that are fluent in talking. Okay, people that when they begin to talk, there is just this fluency. The consecration that backs up that 
is study of the word of God. If you feel you are called to the preaching ministry, even those that begin to preach, whether it's preaching ministry or teaching ministry, those that have got a strong preaching ministry, and when they begin to talk, it seems words just begin to talk. I mean, begin to flow out. For you, even if you want to copy, maybe T.D. Jakes is your favorite preacher, and you start, the way I feel it. And then you, you now get stuck somewhere, and you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go back to the scripture. You now go back to your verse. If you want to, flow like that get as much scripture as possible as part of your as part of your consecration so that when utterance comes utterance will begin to pick what is in your spirit utterance will just be picking what is in your spirit you can talk for 30 minutes just preaching i feel it in here and let me tell you something child of god when i go to the scriptures the bible says blessed is he that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor sits in the none of the scornful and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going because when utterance comes utterance has no time trying to teach you utterance comes to find what is already there and it begins to give it expression so i notice something when i am teaching on a subject that i lack very uh, that i lack knowledge on okay that i lack information on i will notice that there will be a disfluency in my speech so even when utterance comes i will be speaking but i will be limited like there is something limiting me there is something limiting me something limiting me despite the fact that utterance has actually come okay so it's very very important to understand that so that is one of the consecrations that you should apprehend if you want to flow in the teaching and when it comes to utterance it doesn't just mean uh reading the bible alone it also means reading other uh, re read, reading books that improve your english why because when utterance comes it will use the english that is already there don't think it will come and give you new english no so that is why you find that sometimes i will take time trying to study words i'll try i'll take time trying to study native speakers how they speak what words mean and i'm studying all those things the reason why i'm doing that is because when utterance comes when utterance comes I want utterance to give expression to my fluency in speaking. I do not want to have a disfluency when I am talking. No, I want to have utterance backing up everything I am saying. That when words begin to come, words begin to come, I'm just speaking them out. Sometimes people say, oh, this is how you, sp you spoke so well. I didn't realize. Those words that I was taking in, utterance will begin to dig them out. But when there is nothing in you, utterance will get something else. That is why many of you, you find yourself, you as you are singing, you overlap into a secular song. The reason why you're overlapping into a secular song is because... That is what you have been taking in. And when utterance comes, it will just take in what is there. Okay? That is why, like Diana shared the story of how, you know, a prophetess was cursed. Okay? While she was teaching. She just decided to curse. Uh, and it, it's not like she planned it. When utterance comes, it just gets what is already there. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So when your heart has got uh, negative things, your heart has got all your, 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 and all those nonsense songs. When that is what saturates your heart, you will find that when utterance comes, it will say, let's speak what is there and you'll be embarrassed. Okay. It's very, very important. For you to understand. So one of the consecrations you should apprehend if yours is in the speaking and the teaching ministry is apprehend a lot of study. You will find uh, something will begin to happen there. Okay, so for example, if I want to release 
the power of God and I want to flow in importations. Okay, the consecration that backs up that manifestation is basically prayer and fasting. Okay, I'll just be praying and fasting and praying in tongues for long, for long, for long, for long. Okay, that is one of the things that will happen. Okay, so what is the consecration that backs up people that want to move in prophetic song and melody? Okay, what is the consecration that backs up that? Maybe I'm because uh, let me make it practical tonight. Okay, I'm going to for, forgo a lot of my notes because I've noticed there's a lot of work we need to do. Okay, let me make it very practical. So, if you want to flow in prophetic song, you want to flow in heavenly worship. Say, Lord, give me sound, give me songs like Theophilus Sunday, like Victoria Orenza. Give me sound. Okay, Lord, I want sound. What, what is the consecration that will back you up there? Can anyone answer that for us? D does anyone want to answer? Okay. Does anyone want to answer? To release heavenly sound, what's the consecration? You, you can unmute your microphone if you want to. <laughs> uh, praise God. Okay. Oh, okay. She said she said. Where have you said it? Okay, great. Uh, Diana says intimacy. Oh, sorry. Uh... What's her name again? Thelma says intimacy. Uh, Inkumbu says holiness. Um, who else is experiencing some difficulty in getting what is being said? Is there a difficulty? Is there a difficulty? Are, are you able to hear me? Okay. Uh, so, uh, Masua, please just maybe log yourself out and come back in. Okay. Okay, so the consecration that backs up releasing heaven sound is number one, intimacy. Number two, holiness. Okay, so if you want to release heaven sound, you will find that one of the things that will be consistent with you releasing heaven sound is the fact that you are living in intimacy with God and you are walking in holiness because the realm of song flows from the realm of intimacy and holiness. You can't release heaven song from a dirty stream. Okay, you can't release heaven's song from a dirty stream. Have you heard of certain, you know, there are certain sounds that if you are living in sin, you can't release them. You can't even catch them and release them to your generation. Why? Because heaven's song will only be released from a clean stream. So if you can't operate through a clean stream of holiness, one of the things you would discover is that you will not be entrusted with heaven's sound. So many of the sounds that we are listening and you're like, wow, this is a chant coming from heaven. This is a chant coming from Zion. Those chants are released by people walking in intimacy and people walking in holiness. It must become part of your consecration to walk in intimacy because there are certain sounds God will not entrust with an individual not walking in intimacy and in holiness because heaven's sound cannot be released from a dirty stream. So one of the ways we know you are not living rightly is we can gauge from the sound you are releasing. That is why if, if a worship leader is not living rightly, I'll just begin to listen to their sound. Even a preacher, just begin to listen to their sound. And when you begin to hear their sound, you will know that it's lacking in heaven's quality, lacking in heaven's essence. Okay? So it's very, very cardinal for you to actually understand. So there are different things that back up different consecrations, okay? Different things that back up different consecrations, uh, different, uh, different assignments have got different consecrations. We really need many people to be consecrated to even catch mantles from heaven. 
There are many mantles that have not been caught, okay? Many mantles that have not been wielded, especially for our women. Let me say this for our women, for our for our ladies, there are many mantles that we need to wield because women are not wielding the necessary mantles. We are lacking. There is a void with raising many powerful women. I want to say this. There is a void with raising many powerful women. Where are the Hadassahs of our time? Where are the Deborahs of our time? Where are the Jaels of our time? Have you read of Jael in the book of Judges? I mean, the, the lady was a literal violent warrior that Jael got the tent peg and stuck it into Caesarea's uh, skull. Okay, liberating Israel from, you know, Jabin's army. Okay, you, you, you have to go and study that scripture. Very powerful woman. Okay, where are all these people in our generation? These days when you hear that a woman loves God and she's a kingdom, uh, kingdom warrior, you hear that, oh no, uh, she's a relationship coach or she's a business entrepreneur. Are all the women business entrepreneurs? No, we, we, we need Mariah Woodworth Etters. We need the Catherine Cummins. We need the Amy Semple McPhersons. Where are all those people? Okay, but there is a lack of consecration. That is why everyone is, you know, even those that are not called to be business coaches, because you you find that the thing you are desiring, you lack capacity to wield. So you say, well, I'm just a relationship coach. So you now find all the women are saying we are now relationship coaches. No, 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 no. Where are the women like Emma Semple McPherson that would, you know, hold meetings for stretchers only? You know, the lady would hold meetings for stretchers only. If you are not, uh, if you're not crippled, you can't be allowed in the meeting. She only allows people that are crippled to come into the meeting. Where are, where are those women? Many of them have gone to doing uh, relationship uh, seminars. I'm a relationship coach. You know, I'm a business entrepreneur how to save money. Now, that is not bad in itself. Let me say that. We need functionaries in every space. So allow me to be very, very balanced. We need functionaries in every space. But what I mean is that many of you, you are warriors to the core. Many of you, you are warriors to the core. You've just not wielded that consecration that causes that assignment to alight upon your head. Okay? To alight upon... No wonder you are saying, in and out of business, if you start praying much... When stretchers start, you know, people start getting healed from, you know, from eyes opening, deaf ears opening, and you start to see manifest. That's when you will know who you are. You don't know yourself until the Holy Ghost introduces you to yourself. Okay? So you're now saying, you've say, I'm, a, I'm a relationship coach. If the Holy Ghost has introduced you as a relationship coach, well and good. But if you are running away from consecration and then you now say, I'm into business, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneurship expert, a financial literacy expert. You are not a financial literacy expert. You are the next Mariah Woodworth Eta. You are the next Amy Seppo McPherson. You are the next Hadassah. You are the next Jael. You are the next Deborah. You are the next mighty woman that will wield, you know, the power of God in a generation to a high dimension and degree. Where are ladies like, you know, Lady Guyon? We don't have those people anymore. You know, we, we are lacking in women of stature. Why? Because they do not have consecration. Okay? Many people don't have consecration. That is the, the same thing with men as well. We need to build consecration. But I felt like saying that to uh, most of our women and most of our ladies. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let me start to bring this to a, to a close. I think I'll do the notes that I have later. I have I had so many notes, but I figured maybe I should do them later. Uh, let me just, because today I'm just explaining what uh, you should be doing. Now, 
um, in consecration, you must understand that when you start to notice God giving you consecrations, there are two things that are happening, okay? When God is giving you consecrations, there are two things that are happening, okay? The first thing is that God wants to introduce you to a new dimension, okay? Listen, when God is giving you consecration, the first thing is that God wants to introduce you to a new dimension, number one. Number two is that God wants you to sustain what you're already carrying. So if God is giving you consecration, it's a sign that there is something that must come but requires this level of prayer, this level of fasting, this level of pursuit. So many of you don't know this. You, you are in a place where you keep feeling, I should be in the 24-hour prayer marathon next week. I should be in the 24-hour prayer marathon. You don't even know. You, you, you know it's something you've never done before. Some of you, you've never prayed even for five hours at a stretch. But you feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, I should be in the 24-hour prayer marathon. I should be in the 24-hour prayer marathon. You don't know why you are being called to the 24-hour prayer marathon. You don't know why you are being summoned to the 24-hour prayer marathon. You are being summoned there because there is something God wants to do. There is something God wants to release that is requiring requiring that level of prayer. So he is now summoning you to pray like that because something must rest on you. When there is a vacancy in the spirit, the, 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 the different uh, mantles in the spirit will begin to release uh, a hunger within a generation for people to pursue God in a certain way. And when people pursue God in that way, then they will align to that mantle and that mantle can fall on them. Let me tell you something. Mantles will not come on you because you are you 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 look cute. No, they are not sensitive to cuteness. Mantles are not sensitive to, to drip. Mantles are not sensitive to swag. Mantles are not sensitive to whether you are light or dark. Mantles are sensitive to the fact that you have aligned to them. You can cry and say, Lord, use me in my generation. God is not desperate. You are the one who is supposed to be desperate because time is running out. God lives in an eternal realm. Time is not a problem with him. Okay? A day to, you know, <laughs> oh my, a day to him can be a thousand to you if you're not careful. So God is not pressed on time. Don't think God is pressed on time. Say, ah, he will be desperate, then he will use me. No, he will not use you because he's desperate. He is willing to have a generation move through a dark space because there is no man that has a reason. Okay, there is no man that has a reason. So one of the things you must realize is that the drawing to certain consecrations, the drawing to certain spiritual disciplines is because there is a mantle that must be wielded. There is a mantle that must fall on an individual, but there is no one that has hit that capacity. Let me give you an explanation. For example, for example, if, uh, if the mantle uh, if if the mantle of let's take for example if the mantle of uh if the mantle of maybe a revivalist like Mariah Woodworth Etta was lurking through the nation of Zambia now Mariah Woodworth Etta for those of you that don't know her was a mighty woman in revival you know the woman would go into trances sometimes would go into a trance for 3 days and then continue her sermon 
uh, you know, and continue from where she ended from for three days. The power of God over Mariah Woodworth Eta's life was so strong that when Mariah Woodworth Eta is ministering, people would be getting slain from six miles away. That is how intensified the coverage of her cloud of glory was. You know, when I read Mariah Woodworth Eta, there's a book I had bought uh, on Mariah Woodworth Eta's biography. You know, I was reading it. I said, Lord, I want you to give my glory coverage such such intensity such such expansion can you imagine someone having such an expansion in the coverage of the realm of glory that they have that when they are standing in one place ministering six miles away people are getting slain meanwhile there are some of you you are even in that building you are even laying hands on people nothing is happening to them Meanwhile, there is a lady like Mariah Woodworth Eta. When she stands to minister, the glory on her head was so intense that if you are six miles away, you can get slain and fall under the power of God. Such intensity, such wide coverage. You, you are even blowing. And you keep doing that. Nothing is happening. <laughs> oh my. Okay, but the, anyway. Ah, okay, so, praise the Lord. <laughs> you see, now, when, for now, like, let's, let's go back to our example. So, if the mantle of a woman like that is lurking, or the mantle of Elijah, or the mantle of Paul is lurking through our generation, do you know one of the things that will happen is that that mantle, Okay, that assignment, that, that desire, that drawing to consecration is not only coming upon your head alone. Let me tell you something. The, when, when that mantle comes for revival, God wants to raise a revivalist in our generation. You will be shocked at the level of hunger in a generation. And it is the person that will hit that alignment that will receive that mantle. That is why, you know, I was telling Steve the other day, yesterday actually, when he came back from a 12-hour uh, prayer marathon. And, you know, meanwhile, I was home. Of course, I had prayed. I was praying at home. You know, we came. We prayed a bit also. You know, I'd prayed. But, you know, there were people that had gone to pray for 12 hours, you know, and they'll be praying again for 24 hours over the weekend. You know, and I told him, and I was jokingly saying it, and I was saying, ish, you know, there may be something reserved for you in the spirit as an individual. Maybe something was reserved for me. And then, you know, I'm just relaxing like this. God will not say, ah, this is the pastor. Let's give it to him. No, he will give to the one that has aligned. So I said, hey, but Steve, come on, poka mantolimbi. There is something that God has given me. But because of your alignment, you may get it. Okay, you may get it. So you will find that the hunger that has come in our generation for prayer, don't think this hunger that has come, people are just praying. We want to pray for 24 hours. You hear that a 24-hour prayer marathon has been announced. People are excited. That hunger is a drawing to different types of mantles. Different types of mantles are releasing a hunger in a generation. And those that will align in consecration will be the ones that will have that mantle rest upon them. So do not be fooled, okay? Do not be fooled. There are many people in our generation of which that same hunger is there, but only those that will respond. That is why in this time, it's not about talking. Don't, don't just be talking, say, we went for a 12-hour marathon and you, you came there to sleep. You know, we went for a 12-hour marathon and you came after, after, after 15 hours. 
No, you were not in a 12-hour marathon. Okay, you were in a 4-hour marathon. You can't cheat God. If you have not hit that alignment, that mantle cannot rest on you. Okay, you can't cheat God. Many people want to cheat God and say, ah, Korea 12-hour marathon. You know, I'll just show up around 16, so then I'll pray and make noise. These are the ones that even make a lot of noise. Kaya and they'll make a lot of noise. Ah, oh, let's continue one more hour. No, where were you when we arrived at six hours? You can't cheat God. You can cheat men, but you can't cheat God, okay? It's very, very important. For, the reason why I'm saying this is that many people feel they are cheating God. Listen, God cannot be mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that he will also reap, okay? You can't cheat God, okay? You can't cheat God. So the desire that is there, the hunger that is there, the, the, the pressing in that is there is because something must rest on people. And I'm telling you, the sad part is that there's not so many vacancies. Not everyone will be a general. <laughs> there is not so many vacancies. Okay, there is not, it's not like Chalala Shantumbu Road where there's always, there's always flats to rent out. No, okay, there's no, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like Emmersdale where you don't find, so it's like Kablonga. You don't just find some, there's not so many vacancies. Teakucha and Shantumbu Road, no, Shantumbu Road, off Chalala, off Shantumbu Road. It's not off Shantumbu Road in the spirit realm. There are very few vacancies. So right now, while we are praying, do you know that there are angels that are vouching for certain people? When a mantle is about to fall on another, some will say, no, this one is not serious. Let, let's not let that mantle rest on them because you're not serious. These are the politics happening in the realm of the spirit. I'm telling you the truth. These are the politics. I'm speaking this from a revelatory point of view that there are certain people that the cloud of witnesses, there are certain people that angels are waiting for. They're saying, oh, Thelma is almost there. The moment she hits this level of energy, this mantle will be wielded. We, you know, even the angels are, are looking forward to see women like Mariah Woodworth Eta again because it's been a long time since angels that operated with her were in operation. So even those angels, they are waiting. Who will wield this mantle again so that we may be released to move? You know, the voice of healing angels, there was an angel called Amber. I've talked about that angel before in the voice of healing movement. The angel called Amber operated in the voice of healing movement. The voice of healing movement was the movement with the Kenneth E. Higgins, the Lester Samrose, the Oral Roberts, all those healing evangelists rather. There was an angel called Amber that when the angel would come, healings would happen drastically. Do you know that there are very few people, I don't even think that angel has come back again to a generation because that angel left after that healing movement died. Do you know that those angels in the spirit are waiting for you to align so that they can jump in and begin to work with you? But you are sleeping too much. You are eating too much. You are Facebooking too much. You are vibing too much and you vibed yourself out of alignment. So, there, I feel like I'm communicating. Every time I fail to do my notes and I feel, I feel, I feel like I'm scattering my notes is because, forgive me, for those that are joining me for the first time, I'm not this scattered. Ask your friend, ask the people that come. I'm very organized, point one, point two, point three. But I'm in a place where I'm trying to deliver a burden, okay? I'm really trying to deliver a burden because time is running out. 
Time is really, really, really running out. The hunger that has come, let me say this, children of God, the hunger that has come in our generation, the hunger that has come, you know, where we f- people are praying. You, have you noticed that God has restored 12-hour prayers, you know? 12, 12, I mean, sorry, not 12-hour prayers. I mean lengthy prayers. God has restored lengthy prayers. We keep seeing people praying long. People are hungry to pray long. People want to see. You know, some of, some people are sending me messages. After 24, let's try 48. You know, let's just see what will happen. I've After 24, let's do 36. You know, people, there's just such hunger for people to pray. Such hunger. You know why there's that hunger? Is because... The vacancies are releasing that hunger because they desire for men to sit on those vacancies again. Who will wield that power again? So don't think you are the only one God is speaking to. And the saddest thing, let me tell you something. The saddest thing will be to discover that Someone is walking into something that you saw. Many of you have been seeing things in visions. You have been seeing things in in dreams. You've been seeing these dimensions in God. Let me tell you the truth. You are not the only one seeing those things. Heaven has got an urgency. The urgency is that he must raise a man. The eyes of the Lord are moving to and fro, looking for one that he will use to show himself strong. If you don't respond, a young lady will respond. Remember Catherine Kuman? Catherine Kuman was asking the Lord, Lord, why is it that the work that I have is so overbearing? The work that I have is so tiresome. And the Lord spoke to her and said, you are carrying the mantle, you are carrying the assignment of nine men. The first thing is that she was carrying the assignment of nine men. The second thing is that... um, There were seven people that God had spoken to concerning that assignment. They didn't respond. So the first one God started speaking to, the the, the anointing that rested on Catherine Kuman, there was a person God spoke to the first time. That person didn't respond. So God moved to the second person. That person didn't respond. The third person, that person, the fourth, until Catherine Kuman was the seventh or eighth, and she responded and aligned herself. That is why she says, I die. you know, Catherine Kuman died a long time ago. She died to the flesh for her to walk under alignment and carry that mantle. So seven people did not respond. Seven people did not respond. And then Catherine responded and that rested on her. Some of you, you have already missed your cycle. By God's mercy, by God's mercy, God has started coming again. He's blowing on your heart again. He said, I want to show you mercy again, my daughter. Okay, I want to show you mercy again, my son. You have been seeing dreams that you are going to be a national prophet. You have been seeing dreams that you'll be a healing evangelist. You have, God is starting to blow on the on your heart again, staring your heart again. So you're now feeling like I should be in a marathon. I should be praying long. I should fast for three days. I should fast for seven days. I should fast for 21 days. I should go on a 40-day fast. You are feeling like doing that again. It's because that cycle that you missed two years ago, has come back again. And God is blowing upon your heart again. Imagine Catherine Kuman carrying the assignment of nine people. It means that there were nine disobedient people that refused to respond to the call. And God decided, I will get the the nine and I will place it in one. 
That is why some of us in here will be greater than all of us. Because there are some that will be carrying three assignments. That is why some people are praying the way they are praying. Because there are 20 disobedient people that are not responding. So you have to now carry what Thelma refused. You have to now carry what Diana has refused. You now have to carry what Jikebo has refused. You now have to carry what Marriott has refused. And you are carrying all these assignments and the burdens are so heavy. And that is why some of these people, even though we laugh at some of them, you know, Catherine Kuman went through a divorce. Emma Semple McPherson went through a divorce. The reason why some of these people had challenges on their marriages is because they were carrying the assignments of what other men could not receive. So they were carrying nine assignments. So the work is double for them. The work is triple for them, quadrupled for them because they are carrying so much that the burden is so much that their marriage begins to suffer from that. Don't think these people were foolish. No, don't think they were. And, and, and we read the generals and we see why some of them failed. They were carrying so much. They were carrying so much. Why are you being burdened to fast like this? You are being burdened to fast and pray like this is because you are supposed to wield something. There is a mantle you are supposed to wield. So you're now feeling like I should pray and fast. You're now feeling like I, sh like I should go on a 21 day fast. You're now feeling like I should arrange a 12-hour marathon every week. I should have at least one day. Some of you will need to pray, Lord, forgive me. Let the cycle come back again. Because many of you, the day God, the, 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 the month God was staring your heart. You know, this time around, I told my, let me tell you something and I, I think I'll conclude here. Many of you need to pray this, okay? I know some are supposed to go with Thelma. Thelma, if you can delay your people, let me just uh, uh, lay this burden and then I can release you to go for those, uh, uh, the hundred, uh, the hundred days of warfare. Listen, I want to tell you something. Um, God started staring my heart in 2013. There was something I was supposed to wield for my generation in 2013. So in 2013, God started staring my heart. And in 2014, the staring became stronger. Now, the reason why God was staring my heart was because um, he wanted to do something peculiar with me. And he prompted me to say, I want you to fast for one year. So in 2014, I fasted for about six to seven months. I didn't fast for a year, maybe six months or so. Actually, no, six months and some other days. I failed to do what God had told me. There were other instructions I will not mention. I didn't do them. And when I didn't do that and I rejected that assignment, that burden left again. When a burden lifts, when you were feeling like praying in a season, you feel like fasting long. You feel like fasting much. You feel like praying much and you're not responding to that. You have been replaced don't think it's just that oh, that burden that was there, that conviction that was telling me fast for one week, fast for one month. When that thing lifts, it means you have been replaced. God is now looking for someone else to respond to it. Okay, so when I, when I now didn't respond, God left and he stopped, uh, you know, bothering me. What I saw in 2016 is I saw uh, different men and women moving in what I knew God had told me. And wow, when I saw it, I saw the person so much and I, I looked at them and I knew this is what God told me to do. But I didn't do it. 
This is what God showed me in dreams. Lord, how is it that the, the person is doing everything you told me to do? And I'm looking at them. And that's when jealousy even starts. Because I, I, I was so jealous, to be honest. I was so jealous. And I said, Lord, forgive me. It took another two to three years. Again, the assignment came. First one year. He started breathing upon my heart. First the year. I want, to, I want you to fast the year. That was 20, 20 something. I can't really remember the year. 20, 20, 2017, 2019, maybe 2019, I should believe. 2019, I started in January. I started in January. When January came, uh, things happened. Uh, a lot of things happened in that, that year. Okay, it was the very year I lost, we lost dad and all. And after, after that happened, I got disturbed and distracted and I quit again. Now, it doesn't matter what happened. The, the requirement will not be subject to the fact that, no, I was busy. No, something happened. No, I was sad. No, I was emotional. The requirement is still there. Again, that, that drawing left me. That drawing left me. And in 20, now I said, Lord, I, I really want to respond. I, I, was, I was crying because I knew I had, I had missed my opportunity. So God came again in 20... What, what year are we in? This is 2022. Uh, yeah, this is 2022. God came again in 2021, somewhere at the end. And he began speaking to many of us. Fast the year. Fast the year. Fast the year. Fast the year. And I said it this time around. I don't know if God will have mercy again to qualify me. Sorry, I'm staggering. I don't know how to say this because the weight is too much because I feel the pain of many that have lost assignments that God gave them. They have literally aborted pregnancies in the spirit that God gave them. I don't know if God will come again if I don't respond. I don't know. You see, when a consecration comes, it's, it's a sign that you have been selected for something. So when you feel like a consecration is coming, God is saying, begin to give me three days of the week. Begin to give me the night. Begin to give me two hours of the night. It means you have been selected. But when you refuse to yield to that particular drawing, you are saying, Lord, I do not want the selection of being a revivalist. I do not want the selection of being a mighty woman of God. I do not want the selection of being a politician that will bring change and reformation. I do not, I refuse that selection. I refuse it. I don't want it. And by the grace of God, I don't know about other people, by the grace of God, God came again in 2021, first the year. Fast the year, fast the year. He's been, he was blowing it on my heart. The blowing was so strong. I started in December. Ask my wife. I she told me, you have the year. You don't have to rush. I started in December. I said, I don't know what will happen. I don't know what the enemy is planning in December that January I may fail. I started December because I said, I will not allow anyone to replace me. The, you know, the things that you will see me do in the next few years, Okay, because I know I'm fasting and sometimes, why is he fasting like this? And what is, what is happening in his life? Yes, nothing is happening. But I'm telling you, what you will see after 2022, don't be shocked. 
Okay, don't be shocked of the things you will see after 2022 because I have said to myself, no one will replace me. And as we are coming to a close, pray for me. Ask the Lord to sustain me, to stay the course until the end of it all in December, on December 31st. Lord, sustain him, help him, pray over him. Pray over Pastor Cham Chilombo rather as an individual, okay? Now, many of you, the other chance that God has given you, let me land this thing because I feel this is a burden that many of you need to go back and pray. Many of you, God has started coming back again and he's coming back again, sounding the clarion call through people like Pastor Cham, sounding the clarion call through people that you are watching online perhaps, sounding the clarion call through books, sounding the clarion call through visions, through dreams, through your heart. He's sounding that clarion call. And all of a sudden, you, you, you've been feeling it strongly. I want, to, I want to pray long. I want to fast much. It means God has shown you mercy. It means heaven has shown you mercy for the things you saw in your generation, in your dreams rather, in your visions. He's shown you mercy and he's saying, we've selected you again. We've called you again. Respond. Respond to the burden. Respond. Respond, my son. Respond, my daughter. Is the call that God is giving you. And if you respond to that call, you will hit a certain alignment and something will rest on you. If God is no longer brooding upon your heart, maybe a month ago, he was probing you to fast. You didn't fast. Even if you try and do it now, when that prompting has left, you are no longer as you are no longer one who is being selected, because you can pray for that amount of time required. But you are no longer a nominee. You know, it's like when someone is a nominee. Okay, for example, no matter how much I campaign, if I am not nominated, I can't be president, because I am not nominated. So when the drawings come, they come as you are nominated and you stand a chance to actually be in position. So when the burden lifts, you are no longer a nominee. So even if you pray for 12 hours, you will find, yes, it will yield some fruit, but for that particular assignment, you can't trap it again. So the reason why I've said this is I feel strongly that God has started brooding upon people's hearts again. He's showing mercy to our generation. Our generation will miss it if we're not careful, but God is showing us mercy. That is why you are feeling the way you are feeling. God is showing us mercy again. God is showing our generation mercy again. I'm telling you, children of God, God is showing our generation mercy. No wonder we are sensing this need to pray much, to fast much, to give everything to God, to go after God with everything. We can't be half-hearted. God has shown us mercy. And because God has shown us mercy, the question is that will we respond to the, to the drawing of the Spirit? Will we respond? I, I, I won't speak for everyone, but many of you know even the instruction that has been coming on your heart. Many of you know. Are you responding to that cry? Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for this sobering word. Lord, thank you that you've taken it into the direction that you saw fit. Lord, I had plans. I had notes. I had a sermon. 
things I wanted to address that I've not addressed. You've allowed me to speak in such a scattered fashion, but I believe this is also the most organized fashion. Lord, I thank you that each and every person in this meeting will respond. There is a, a lady in here, actually three of you, uh, God has been speaking to you to start a 21-day fast. And he's been speaking from last month. From last month. For the other one, God has been so gracious. He's been speaking since January. He's been speaking since January to do 21-day fasting. To do a 21-day fast. From January, you've not done it. And he's starting to brood upon you again. And if you don't respond now, your assignment will be granted to another. Respond. 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 There's a brother in here. You've been coming, actually a brother and some sisters. You've been coming for the 12-hour prayer marathons. You've been praying with the family. But God has been stirring your heart to also go that route and that journey alone. It's like, yes, you pray with everyone else when Pastor Cham and all call for the meetings, but God has been staring you to do it at home, alone. He's been staring you for some weeks now, for some months now, for some of you, to do the marathons at home. Just pray alone. I'm telling you the truth. If you don't respond now, your assignment may be granted to another. To another. Someone here, God has said, give me your Friday. <laughs> oh my. Someone, God has said, give me your Friday. Give me your Friday nights. Give me your Friday nights. He says, this is all I'm asking for. You can have every other day to yourself and do everything else. But I just want your Friday nights. And God has checked that this is what will bring you into alignment. Give me your Friday nights. Oh Lord, thank you so much. I hear the Lord say, uh, I have spoken to my sons. There are some sons, and when I say sons, I mean both male and female. I speak it in a classical sense. There are some sons that I have spoken to, says the Lord. Study the entire Bible. Study the entire Bible. Study the entire Bible. I don't know who's been hearing. Study the entire Bible. I don't know how you... Back to back. Just study the entire Bible. You see, God is saying, I want to give you the nations. You've been asking for the nations. But heaven has been asking, when we deploy you to the nations... What are you going to say to the nations? So the prompting has been study the Bible so that you may have a message for the nations. Study the Bible so that you may have a message for the nations. You have been crying out, give me the nations. But heaven is also crying out, what will you say to the nations? So to help you, heaven has been saying, study the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelations, from Genesis to Revelations, back to back, back to back. That's your consecration. Study the entire Bible to have a message for the, for the nations. Woo. 
eleme nguli ya skefo mbele bembili ya tombabali ya chobabela. Arakwa pa bele bombi ya tila bambola. Ola kambolia. Yeah, you've seen yourself to the neck. You know, you, your burden, you just feel you should be. every. And you know, sometimes you even feel it's carnal. You just feel you should be flying around the nations. Not for fun. Going to different nations, speaking to nations. Heaven is asking, what's the message you will give the nations on our behalf? So study the Bible. Study the Bible. That's your consecration. Study the Bible back to back. Back to back. Back to back. Give it hours, two hours, three hours, four hours. Do marathon studies. Don't worry about whether you understand it or not. Your spirit has got capacity to comprehend that which your mind cannot perceive and understand. Your spirit will be blessed and then your mind will catch up later. Study it. Study it. Study it. Study it. Study it. Study it. That's your consecration. That's your consecration. That's your consecration. Someone here, God has been telling you, read the Psalms. And I'll give you the songs to the nations. I'll give you the songs of ascent. Read the Psalms. The songs of ascent. Who will sing the songs of ascent once again? The Lord is saying, read the Psalms. You've been getting this drawing to just read the Psalms. It's because God wants to give you sound. He wants to give you melody. So that impartation from the Psalms must rest on you. But you've been bypassing the book of Psalms. You've been bypassing the book of Psalms. When God wanted to impart the spirit of revival, I read the book of Acts for one month. Every day, I would read the entire chap, the entire book of Acts. For one month, I would go to one bush, read the... I didn't know why I was reading the entire book of Acts. I don't know why I was reading the entire book of Acts. When I read the entire book of Acts, every day I would read the entire book of Acts. I, I can quote the book of Acts back to back. I can talk around the book of Acts without literally going there. When I finished it, the spirit of revival rested on me. The spirit of revival rested on me. And that's why I now breathe revival easily. Why? Because the book of Acts. So for some of you, the songs of ascent want to come on you. The songs of, re the so the songs of intimacy to a generation. So you've been feeling it. Someone has been feeling it. I want you to read the book of Psalms, but you keep avoiding it. Keep avoiding it. Keep avoiding I'm giving you consecrations. Please don't let these ones pass you by. Don't let these ones pass you by. There's another here. <laughs> Actually, there's more, says the Lord. Allow me to give this last prophetic instruction. Now, there's many things coming to my head. Someone here, you've been gathering messages by an old preacher. You accidentally came across an old preacher. Uh, I don't know if it's online. I don't know. But you accidentally came through teachings of an old preacher. And you've been resonating with that preacher. Uh, the reason why you've come across them is because something that they carried has to come on you. So God is saying, listen to that old preacher. Gather as many tips as possible. Drink them. That's the only word. Drink them. Imbibe them. Listen back to back. If it means sleeping while the messages are playing, sleep while they are playing. There is someone here you came into contact with an old preacher's messages online. I don't know if it's online, but I feel like strongly it's online. Okay, you came across some messages. 
I don't know if someone gave them to you or you came across them online, but I strongly feel it was online. Okay. And, and, and you don't know why it's, it's, this not one of the most popular preachers, but you, you've just been listening to these messages. God is saying, listen, something will rest on you that they carried for a generation. For a generation. Whoo, my God. I, I can keep going on and 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 on. Uh, but I'll, I'll end here for the night. Um, don't be replaced in your generation. Father, thank you. We give you praise, honor, and glory. Amen and amen.